0: I'm very excited for another episode of show About Science. This is your host, Nate, and today we're going to be interviewing Ruth about the March for Science and Astrobiology. What can we find on other planets, guys? This is going to be a space adventure episode, so stay tuned. Hello? Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you doing today, Nate? I'm doing good.
1: That's wonderful.
0: So could you introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Luz Chow, but I go by Lou. I am an organic geochemist, and I am a Ph.D. student at the University of Illinois at Chicago in the Department of Earth and Environmental Sciences. And my research is focused on astrobiology.
0: And so what is astrobiology? So, astrobiology is a multidisciplinary field of science it's focused on
1: studying the origin and the evolution and the distribution of life in the universe. So, astrobiologists study both life on Earth, and also we look for evidence of extraterrestrial life on other planets.
0: So, how do you look for extraterrestrials?
1: So, there are several ways that we can look for life on other planets. The first way is by direct evidence. And to do this, we send robots directly to places that we think can harbor life. And the best example that we have right now is Mars. And we've been working really hard to develop missions that are directed towards looking for biosignatures. And this can include organic chemicals that can represent biological activities, isotopic signatures, or geological indications of the presence of life. And another way that we can look for life is by using really powerful telescopes. And we do that by studying exoplanets, which are planets that scientists think can harbor life outside of our solar system. And with these powerful telescopes, we can observe things like the planetary atmosphere, which can contain signatures of life, such as the oxygen that we have in our atmosphere. And the third way that we can look for life is by scanning the sky for any signals that can represent life forms that are beaming out into the universe. And this subset of astrobiology, we look for radio signals from space and try to dissect any patterns that may indicate some sort of intelligent communication. So those are the three different ways we can look for life in the solar system and beyond.
0: So how many exoplanets have you discovered, like you? Me, personally? Yeah, like how many have you discovered? And could you tell me what they named them? So, me, personally,
1: I have not discovered any exoplanets because as an astrobiologist, I focus on a different subset of that field. But I do know that a lot of exoplanets have already been discovered, numbering in the thousands, and in... A subset of those thousands, we have a lot that may be very similar to Earth, and some of those might actually even host microbial life, uh, and we think that some of them might even host intelligent life.
0: So, what is a Type 1 civilization?
1: (laughs) That is a really great question, Nate. Um, I do not know the answer to that question because I am currently not working in the field that looks for radio signals from other civilizations. What I study more is the microbial life in extreme environments. And I look for the organic chemical signatures in these kind of environments in order to better understand how we can look for signatures on other planets. So most of my research is focused on microbial life, so little bugs that live on us or in the environment, in soils and things like that. Um, And we have these kind of little bugs that live in really extreme environments. And we focus on those environments because we think that they also exist on other planets in our solar system, such as Mars or Europa.
0: So, if you don't know what a Type 1 civilization is, I actually know what it is. Oh, what is it? So, a Type 1 civilization is basically a civilization that can harness all the energy and resources on its home planet. Wow, do you think that means that we are a Type 1 civilization? It's probably going to happen in the next century. That's great. That's really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, are there Type 2 or Type 3 civilizations? Yeah, there's Type 2 and Type 3. Type 3 is harnessing all the energy of its home galaxy, and Type 2 is harnessing all the energy of its home star. Wow. I really like that. That's awesome. (laughs) so, how can we get to be a Type 1, a Type 2, or a Type 3 civilization?
1: Well, uh, based on what you've told me, if Type 1 civilization uses and store energy within its planet, I think we are already a Type 1 civilization. Now, Type 2 is when we are harnessing total energy from the parent star We already kind of do that by using solar panels or by the simple natural forms of photosynthesis. But we can also, I guess, maybe look towards um, developing technologies that can capture more energy from the parent star. For example, have you ever heard of this concept called the Dyson sphere?
0: Yes, I definitely have.
1: That's wonderful. So a Dyson sphere is a device that, we put into a space, whether that's outside of our orbits or close to the star, and this sphere can capture the star's energy and we use that energy for our civilization. So I think it's really cool when a lot of people are working towards the technology that can capture the energy from the star as opposed to energy that's coming from resources that are not renewable For example, fossil fuels and things like that. And if we want to go on to type three, that's another level of energy capture that I'm not very familiar with. But I think we have to become an interstellar traveling civilization first before we can consider using energies within our galaxy. And currently, we don't have that just yet. (laughs)
0: So, how far have we gone into space?
1: Let's see. As far as man-made robots go, the Voyager missions back from the 70s uh, sent out two spacecrafts, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, and uh, one of them have already traveled really, really far beyond our solar system already. And I believe from the last time I checked, it had already left the solar system and it's on its way into deep space. As far as humans go, the farthest that we have gone is, I believe, just the moon. But we are looking forward to our um, man mission to the nearest potential planet that can host life or to host us if we are considering terraforming, and that will be Mars. And there's been a lot of talks about sending humans to Mars.
0: The other reason we wanted you to be on the show was for March for Science.
1: Yes, yep, I'm here to talk about the March for Science. Would you like to know more about it?
0: Sure. So what is the March for Science all about? So the March for Science is a nonprofit and nonpartisan
1: diverse organization that celebrates and humanizes science while encouraging curiosity and exploration and diversity across all platforms, such as government, labs, classrooms, and in all of our homes. And we're here to celebrate science uh, and how it's important to everyone, such as you. You're doing such a great job of communicating science. So, the March for Science is happening in almost 400 other cities worldwide. And I think the whole point is to celebrate science as a huge and intrinsic function within our society.
0: Can I tell you something really quick? Sure. I'm also going to be a reporter, everyone, at the March for Science. So if you're going, look for me there. That's wonderful.
1: I can't wait.
0: I'm going to be at the one in Chicago. That's awesome. So will I. And so, why did you get involved in the March for Science? So, I am a scientist and I am invested in
1: this overarching idea of how science is very important to society. And we want to focus on science driven public policy, and we want to focus on promoting the idea of evidence based peer reviewed data that are used to inform policy. And we stand for the funding of justice-based and ethical science and the support for scientific organizations.
0: Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. And one last note, if possible,
1: I would love it if you could check out our website at sciencemarchchicago.org and register to march, get more information, or support us by donating and volunteering or spreading the words. And every little bit helps. So if you can march, please join us in your local cities, or if you're in
0: Chicago, please join us for that as well. Um, And thank you so much, Nate, for having me on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for listening everyone, and Dad, you can shut the recording off.